We have not come across something that can work as a complete backend tool for them. And uh, we realized this earlier on itself that this front-end front no-code space or no-code space is very crowded. And there are quite a few things that are actually required in the backend as well. So we see ourselves being more uh, visionary towards, you know, focusing more on the backend. Once upon a time, there were tens of thousands of makers struggling. Every day they built for hours and hours but didn't ship and didn't earn enough income. One day, the No Code Wealth podcast and newsletter came to help them find the way. Because of this, makers became founders and earned the money they deserve. Because of this, founders can have growth, freedom, and wealth until tomorrow no code becomes the next big skill that changes the future of humanity that's what i'm all about hello my name is abdulaziz and from an ethical hacker to european ivy league business graduate with a masters of science in entrepreneurship to a hypnotherapist to a growth marketer i've lost everything twice but i refuse to give up so now I'm rebuilding my life one more time, 1% a day. The No Code Wealth podcast and newsletter are for the makers and founders who have the proactivity, perspective, and persistence to go on this journey with me and get the answers about money, marketing, and mindsets so that makers become earners, earners become founders, and founders get freedom and create wealth. And thank you all so much for the support this podcast now is ranking very nicely on apple in the entrepreneurship category top 200 in san francisco top 100 in australia top 60 in germany top 50 in the united kingdom top 50 in spain top 50 in the netherlands top 30 in sweden top 25 in italy and now top 25 entrepreneurship apple podcast in india and I reached a total of 150 episodes on both my podcasts with 120 interviews published in 50 days. So please keep supporting, rating, reviewing, subscribing, and sharing. And if you're interested in my mentoring services to help with your business goals, especially when it comes to marketing, networking, as well as podcasting, finding your podcast uniqueness, reaching out to great guests, getting ranked on Apple, conducting interesting interviews, podcast promotion, and much more, send me an email to mentor at storybonding.com, M-E-N-T-O-R at storybonding.com, or message me on Twitter, no code wealth, and let's begin a conversation. My guest today is Aditi Jain from OMG Digital to Ogilvy and Mather, to Yes, Yes, Why Not, to The Minimalist, to Good Work Labs, to Haptic, to now being the co-founder of Canonic, a low-code platform to craft APIs in minutes. Aditi, how are you today? I'm doing really well, Azi. Thank you. Thank you for having me. 
I am happy, excited, looking forward to this, full of energy. So to begin, can you share the story of how did the idea for Canonic come to be? Right. So uh, it's actually a quite interesting story because uh, me and my team, we completely come from a design and development studio and agency background. And we have first had had experience of, you know, uh, the amount of effort that goes into building multiple kinds of product from scratch, the hassle behind maintaining it, and the just the simple problems that you undergo, by, which can actually be solved by in a very simple way of using no-code tools. And also automation. So our approach when we were building the product came from our own personal experiences uh, of you know building products. Thank you. So if I understood you correctly, you view that there is a lot of wasted time and effort rebuilding everything from scratch and reinventing the wheel. And if people took a modular approach where they can get the sections or parts of their app that they will need, like for example, Canonic provides them the ability to create the APIs, then they will save a lot of time. And you can focus more on automating the things that don't require the human genius to be created. Is this correct? Right, absolutely correct. Thank you. And why APIs? Can you share what problem you noticed when it comes to this in the marketplace? And Right. Why did you choose to solve it and what is different about Canonic? Right. So um, in today's world, it's really important to have uh, your data at a single touch point while you actually surface it around on multiple applications and within teams also, right? Like just for an example, let's say if I'm a company who requires the marketing team to access my data as a, and create some of the things on top of it, there's a fairly good amount of engineering effort that goes into it and also a lot of the other additional effort that goes into it. So the requirement of actually having all of your data and content in one place and then supplying it onto different other channels is what was the major need where we saw that, you know, we could actually fill up this gap and actually build a product that would solve for it. Thank you. So please, can you clarify what I'm understanding is Canonic allows people to save their data in one place and then other apps can connect to Canonic or to something like that, or maybe Canonic is only the part that relates to building the APIs, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. the data can be put in one place, but any app could connect and get that data from the uh, Canonic or whatever. Maybe you have two things, like one for the data and one for the APIs. Uh, can you clarify exactly. a bit more how it works? Sure. So how it works is that API is that layer that allows you to fetch the information from your data source and send it back to another interface or your front end, right? And wherever you're projecting it. So on Canonic, what you can do is you not only get to define your database, import all of it, manage your content, but you also get to build, uh, you know, workflows and typical kind of APIs that would be required uh, for sending information onto a certain kind of another platform. Thank you. So in many ways, Canonic can be a place to securely store the data as well as a 
like I imagine it a bit like a cell, <laughs> and then mm -hmm. the membrane there that can be created any kind of uh, uh, protein tunnels or whatever that will right. allow the things to come in and out, and those will be the API creation, and they can be specific to whatever proteins or molecules necessary, and each one, well, it's specific to each app that will use the data. Is this correct? Exactly, exactly. Okay, and why did you take on the headache of managing and handling the data instead mm -hmm. of uh, only focusing on the small API piece, or did you find... Yeah that the solution can only be made if you took on the whole thing? So, to be honest, uh, when we started off with the product, we definitely had more of the agencies in mind. And if you go about with the agency routes, right, like them being one of the main target audience, they generally have projects which are starting from the scratch. And uh, that, in that sense, it becomes super useful to define your database as well as build APIs on top. So, we definitely felt that Having to complete the whole journey of the user of building a product can be completed in the back inside of things in one place. That could be a very good offering. Um, and it also cuts down uh, your cost of actually uh, collaborating with multiple tools and investing your time into understanding each of those tools. This is just a single touch point where you can come and build the whole thing. Thank you. And can you please comment more on the kinds of data? Because like you said, you began thinking about agency and you mm -hmm. focus more on people who are building from scratch and therefore right. giving them that whole part to be taken care of so they don't need to worry mm -hmm. about it, allow you to serve them much, much more. And therefore, I imagine that a lot of makers who are in the no-code space find this absolutely relevant to have the data they define the data, they can store it, they can take care of it, and they can create APIs both for their own apps as well as the data dealing with their own app relating to other different tools and apps, probably, if I understood correctly. So you can you comment, of course, on that, whether it allows also to create like synergies between different apps through creating the APIs as well as well, what kind of data is it and how does it handle it? For example, can you handle storing as well as dealing with um, team um, logins and securities and things like that, or that's not what you handle? Yeah. Or what sure. kind of data goes in there? So to be honest, Kironic uh, can be used as a backend to actually create any kind of app, website, blog, marketplace, e-commerce platform, any of these things can be built, keeping Canonic as a backend in mind. And we do have, in terms of the solutions that we offer, it includes identity management as well. So we have a table where you can actually just define the kind of user properties you want to collect and then manage your users onto the platform itself. You can create a separate table which manages all your products, or your different kind of content that you're putting on your website or your app. And then you can customize it basis of that as well. And the third thing that's also available is integrations with other third party apps. So let's say within a flow, I want that when a user is registered onto the platform, they should receive an immediate email about, you know, hey, you've joined this platform and welcome here. It's a very simple use case. 
Uh, on Canonic, we also offer these kind of workflow building where you can just in integrate with third-party apps like Twilio or Mailgun and then, you know, provide a more customized experience for the user. Thank you. Actually, that's very, very interesting. And now let's think a bit more because the Pareto principle is everywhere. And within the people mm -hmm. who can benefit from Canonic, there are always people who can benefit much more, see a lot more right. value and also support you in a financial terms in a, a stronger way. So if you right. think about all the people building from scratch, what kind mm -hmm. of apps, tools, or people will find it like a godsend and a, an absolute benediction? And I'm using now some religious words, but what right. where will be like, wow, I, we needed this. We had a fire. Now we can put it out thanks to Canonic. Sure. So marketplaces is definitely one of the good spaces to go into. There's also uh, scenarios where you just need to integrate the login, uh, multiple login with multiple providers. You can even use it for that. As a headless CMS, it's a brilliant use case. Uh, Canonic offers you headless CMS as a use case and beyond that as well with the workflows. So I would definitely say that these three scenarios fit in very well. Uh, we do have some of the people who are also exploring it for internal tools. So that comes in with just uh, simple user management or just connecting it with some other kind of data sets internally and using it for some inventory management. These kind of use cases have also emerged and they seem to be fairly effective to be built on Canonic. Thank you. And within those, let's focus on one because in marketing, actually mm -hmm. specifying the messaging for each use case or whatever is really powerful rather than trying right. to target all which one of those either seem to be a larger percentage of your users or maybe easier to jump into using it because they find it easier to see the value or they're mm -hmm. the most profitable or they're the ones that you're most familiar with, whichever yeah. is most resonant now from these questions. Sure. I think uh, in that scenario, I would definitely say as a headless CMS, it's a great fit. And yeah, like uh, that should be the easiest one, the most uh, you know profitable one to be built in Canonic. Okay, so describe more to maybe some listener who doesn't understand exactly what that means. How sure. can Canonic work in that way? What use scenarios will there be, and how is it valuable? Sure. So as a headless CMS, by what we mean is that. Uh, Head means the front-end side of things and the body, which is basically the back-end, is the main other segment of it. By headless CMS, we mean that you can build your back-end on Canonic and then keep it detached from the front-end. Because as a, uh, if you look at most of the local tools, they generally provide you with a front-end building. But there's a lot of back-end work that still needs to be taken care of. That's where the whole term of headless CMS emerges. And that's why I feel like headless CMS fits in a, as a better use case over there. So for any of your products, if you want to build your back-end, then you can definitely use Canonic uh, as a platform. Thank you. And to go a bit more specific, so Canonic can be the back-end and then they can build the front end with which whatever platform that pleases them right. in whatever way and connect it sure. through the API or directly. I'm not really 
clear on this point mm -hmm. to Canonic. And can you describe mm -hmm. what kind of back end, like examples that we pull, people will get and will, they will think, wow, Canonic, oh, yes, I can use it for this kind of back end or this kind of body, like you said, or this kind of back end? Sure. I, I would definitely put uh, something like inventory management as one of the use cases and marketplaces would be the second one. Top two. Okay. Let's focus on marketplaces because it's wonderful. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned that inventory management can often be for their own unique internal use cases. Isn't this correct? Right. Okay. Marketplaces. What kind of marketplaces have been created or have the potential to be created using Canonic? Uh, so there are educational marketplaces. So let's say if you're an independent company uh, who's offering, who is connected with some of their tutors and would like to host their, uh, you know, mark, uh, their sessions onto the uh, their platform and then sort of have a scheduling module for it, then you can definitely go onto Canonic and do that. This is wonderful, actually. And I have then to ask, so a marketplace, let's say specifically for learning languages like you said where you connect the tutors to the pupils as well as connect everything together well what are alternatives are there right now in the marketplace that makers are using to create marketplaces and what is not so optimal about them that canonic is bringing to the marketplace right so a lot of people end up going ahead with something like Shopify or WordPress. But the restriction comes with that is that the front end is very attached to the back end and you cannot add a lot of customizations around it. Similarly, you cannot do very personalized workflows. So just the same example like I told you about, just simply connecting that, okay, whenever a person registers on the platform, I get like a notification on my Slack or they get an email about it. These kind of simple workflows and business logics that you define on your backend, those cannot be created on tools like um, Shopify or WordPress or any of these theme-based template builders. Thank you. And how easy is it to create the workflows using Canonic? I would say it would take you like about in half an hour to set up the whole thing. It's that easy. Great. Do you have any like feedback from people who said, wow, I did X, Y, Z. It was so easy. I cannot believe it. I'm in shock, yeah. etc." And how did the brainstorming for that come through? Like what ideas did you juggle around? If you can, if we can sneak peek into your team meetings that sure. led to the creation of that easy ability to create workflows. Right. So, uh, in fact, just to answer the first question that you asked, we, uh, on our platform, we had a designer who was also sort of exploring to get into development. And he was actually taking up a freelance project, which was around Marketplace. And he ended up coming across Canonic. And he tried our onboarding uh, experience and he was able to build the back end of it within like 20 minutes. So that for us was a great, great validation that if a non-technical person can also come and build a backend on our platform very easily, then I think a technical person would take even less time. Thank you. So what can happen is you, people can go into Canonic, they can store data, 
they can define it. They can define the relationships between it very easily. They can use that data to create workflows that in an easy way that other alternatives, there will be either impossible or there will be like some hack job to create. And they can very easily create APIs to communicate with other apps and exchange and modify that data, as well as APIs for front ends or directly how, like, how does the front end connect to Canonic? Right. So uh, we have recently integrated with Gatsby. So let's say if you build your backend on Canonic, you can uh, build your front end with, uh, along with the developer uh, on Gatsby. We're also in progress of integrating with multiple other tools, one of them being Clutch. And uh, we're also exploring VWeb and Plasmic. So those are some of the other tools which purely focus on the front-end side of things and um, they're still not connected to the backend or the backend is not that restrictive. So I feel like that collaboration can really be effective. Thank you. It's actually really, really great. And then to ask you a bit more, is Canonic more of a no-code or a low-code tool? And if people, someone is a coder, let's say, and they wish to take things to even more powerful levels, is Canonic relevant for them? Right. That's a very, very good question, Azi. And uh, to answer to that, I would say Canonic is still a low-code platform. Uh, and we also see ourselves fitting very well into the developer tool segment because uh, Canonic has certain features like code editor, wherein you can custom create functions as per your requirements. So let's say that you cannot define that with the visual tool. We also provide you to actually take it up a notch and uh, add some kind of custom code into it. Thank you. And right now where canonic is do you have a vision for like some future developments and changes and improvements that you're thinking about adding to it or do you believe that you will stay within the domain that you're at just going deeper making it work better faster and smoother right so uh, some of the feedback that we've actually got from most of our users or the new people who come onto our platform is that they've not come across something that can work as a complete backend tool for them. And uh, we realized this earlier on itself that the front-end front low-code space or no-code space is very crowded. And there are quite a few things that are actually required in the backend as well. So we see ourselves being more uh, visionary towards, you know, focusing more on the backend. And then probably moving on to the front end side of things if required, or otherwise sticking on to the back end itself. Uh, and I myself, as a designer, to be honest, like uh, I see myself can only becoming a part of life for developers, like Figma is a part of life for designers. Thank you. And why is in your messages your focus the first thing that you keep mentioning is the APIs rather than? the fact that you're a complete back-end solution. I'm just curious right. about that. Yeah, right. that's a very valid question. In fact, we have been debating about it ourselves, whether we should actually move on to a complete back-end. Um, so one of the very key highlights for us was that we also offer GraphQL APIs. 
So when you define your database and you set up your whole uh, workflows and add the content, we actually generate APIs in both formats, which is REST as well as GraphQL. So it makes it really easy for a person to actually go ahead and use it uh, the way they like. And that was one of the reasons that we wanted to um, even highlight that APIs is definitely one of the forefronts of it. Thank you very much. And you as a designer and someone who was involved in design for a long time, you said like now uh, Figma is the part of life for all designers and Canonic hopefully will become the part of life for all kinds of low-code developers and even no-coders and everyone who is has this as something relevant to them. Did you, like, what kind of expertise or background or vision that is unique to you as a designer that you felt was a great contribution to Canonic, as well as like right. the other team members who have unique backgrounds, not typical developer backgrounds? Right. So um, as a designer, I feel like in the whole low-code, no-code space, the key factor is the intuitiveness of the platform. Even as a non-technical person, I should be able to come, relate to the platform, understand what it is, and be able to build the product. So I feel as a designer, my role is very critical in terms of making the platform really intuitive for the users. And in terms of the other roles that we have, um, my team includes other more uh, two developers and one of the guys who's taking care of product. Uh, side of things now and I feel like all of them all of us are very focused on building the product to a greater extent thank you very very much this was really wonderful and if people wish to learn more about Canonic to follow w the latest developments as well as maybe communicate with you and learn more what are the best links and the best places to go sure uh, you can definitely visit our website. It's www.canonic.dev. And we're also available on various social media platforms such as Twitter, Facebook, um, LinkedIn. And uh, yeah, feel free to write to us for any collaboration opportunities on hello at canonic.com. Thank you. I will make sure to write the links in the description it was a pleasure and a really valuable great tool that i'm happy the community will learn more about and will see the relevant alternative that this is and i hope it is really like a powerful force in the future of the whole community thank you aditi it was a pleasure thank you so much, thank you so much Aziz. it was great great speaking with you.